podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Boom. The boys are back, and it is our first ever show with Spotify Green Room. Guys, the name might have changed, but nothing has changed for us. We are still, still coming to you live every single Thursday on Spotify Green. Link will be in the show notes. It's the only live audio-only sports talk platform. It's owned by Spotify. It is the spot to be. I tell you what, I couldn't be happier to be with them. You might have to update your app if you've already been in there, but it's the place to be. All right, it is another, another Thursday live show. We're going to have some fun. Got some stuff to talk about. Transfer portal strikes again. There's been some articles that have been written um, that got a lot of traction. We're going to talk about that. We might even talk about Willie Wildcat. It is National Mascot Day. Come on in and have some fun with us. Looks like Grant is in the house. Grant, my co-host, how are you doing today, my friend? Oh, I'm just surviving the heat. We are in the dead of August, it seems, already, but we're not. We're in the worst, the worst, uh, our least favorite time of year, Scott. It's it's boiling outside. It's the freaking worst. I hate the summer. I I was in Osborne, Kansas. Shout out to uh, great Aunt Berta, her 92nd birthday. So I've had a I've had a marathon day. Um. Just a marathon day trying to uh, go all over the state of Kansas, um, get back here for this live show. I couldn't be happier to have this live show. I think it's going to be fun. We got some good topics. Transfer portal striking again. Grant, I don't know if you uh, had seen it yet, but Keon Mosey gone. Um, so we had, a, we had another uh, departure. We might be having two more defensive backs joining, uh, you know, joining the room. It's going to be fun. Um, once we get uh, everyone up here, it looks like we got Ryan in here. We got uh, Nick in here. So I think we're going to just start off with our intro question before we get into things. Ryan, I know it's your first time in a while. Make sure you mute that mic, my friend, when it's not your turn. Just want to be sure. I know, but but I'm going to start with you. Our intro question today. So this is our intro question. We're going to ask everyone when they get a chance, and then we will get into some of the topics. But the intro question, again, because it's summer, the worst month of the year, I'm going to ask, what is your favorite ice cream treat or flavor? Whatever. Favorite ice cream. And then we're also going to go with, what is the perfect Windows Down driving song? Uh, to listen to and sing along. So we're going to start with Ryan. Uh, Favorite ice cream and give me your favorite summer, you know, windows down, uh, blast on the radio, singing song in the summer. So ice cream has to be Snickers ice cream bar. I know it's fairly simple, but uh, just hits the spot every time for me. And running down a dream. Uh Uh-oh. Uh-oh. That's... You're cutting in and out, Ryan. Uh, 
having some Snickers ice cream bar and running down a dream by Tom Petty is okay. what he said, which are two honestly very elite answers. Those are those Okay, so was he going robot on He me was going is something he wrong was me? going robot. Okay. He's having some connection issues. It's okay. We still love you. Okay, we're going to go to Bennett. Bennett next. Uh, give me your favorite either ice cream treat or ice cream flavor and then favorite song, you know, summer song to sing along with. Um, I'd say like cookie dough or mint Oreos, my favorite ice cream. And then um, I'm not much of a knowing a specific song that I like. I'm more of a genre guy. So anything country with the windows down. I like it. I like it a lot. All right, we're going to go to Nick. Nick, you're up next. Give me your favorite, either ice cream flavor, ice cream treat, and then a song that you like, Windows Down, On the Road in the Summer. Yeah, I, uh, I like some chocolate frozen custard with some Oreos in it. And then a uh, favorite song would have to probably be um, Highway to Hell or Back in Black by ACDC. I like it. I, li- I like ice cream, and I like those songs. We're going to go to Chris. Chris, it's summer. It's way too hot out there. Give me favorite sort of ice cream and a song to listen to windows down in the summer. Uh, I'll go with favorite ice cream, banana split. And then also uh, shook me all night by ACDC. I think I like that just because it's a classic wedding song and gets the crowd going. It does. And it is wedding season. All right, Cole, Cole, give me your favorite uh, ice cream flavor, treat, song, and then we'll go to Grant, and then we're going to get into the meat of things. Yeah, I'm saying big time chocolate chip cookie dough. That's always my go-to. And then hot summer day, windows down, I'm bumping Miami by Will Smith. See, I have PTSD for that song because I was blasting that song basically the entire 2012 football season, and I don't think I've listened to it since that infamous night versus Baylor, so... Um, I, I I like the song, but man, it gives it gives me bad flashbacks. Grant, uh, give us your answers, and then we're gonna dive into some stuff. I love just like some vanilla with Reese's peanut butter cups. That's always good. And then, ooh, summer. I mean, it better be like 11 p.m. with the windows are gonna be down. But I always come around to Rush in the summer. Um, I usually go through a big Rush phase. So pretty much anything anything Rush, Limelight's that's a good one to have with the windows down. Yeah, and it's kind of almost more metaphorical in the summer yeah, because yeah. I agree with you. Windows down. Hey, next week not is going to be like 80, so that's doable. Yeah, I mean, gosh, I'm like looking at my uh, thermostat. I'm trying to – I mean, it's 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 not going great in the house right now. I, I tweeted out my anxiety that I have with my future uh, energy bill, but it's going to be okay. We're not going <laughs> to talk about that today. We're going to dive into – we're first going to start off – let's start off with uh, some happy stuff first, and then we'll we'll progressively get more depressed. So last week, uh, very quietly, actually it was over the weekend, it turned out that K-State added another transfer defensive back, Sincere Mason, a great name out of Kennesaw State. He's a grad transfer, has two years left to play. Uh, and again, had some good, good stats down at Kennesaw State FCS program, but was a three-year starter there. And then also our good friend, Mr. Reginald Stubblefield, the legend. He recently had tweeted out that he was getting some good news. It sounds like he got his transcript stuff figured out. And just a few hours ago in his bio, 
He updated it to say K-State football number one. So we have two more defensive back transfers in. The legend of Reggie Stubblefield continues. I'm going to start off with Bennett. Bennett, what are your thoughts? Here we are. We got two transfers in, you know, one a familiar face, another one safety. I think both of those guys are depth pieces. We've talked a lot on this show about how we like our the number one line on the secondary spot but we were worried about the depth, getting these two depth pieces in. Where's your head at when it comes to the secondary as we're now about, what, 90, 85, 85, 90 days out from football season? Um, I think adding more depth is good, and I'm excited. And I know they haven't really played at pristine um, colleges, but they've gotten some experience, and that's better than, I think, the freshmen coming in for the most part. So. Yeah, I, I'm excited about it as well. And I'm also I'm, – I'm excited about the legend that is Reggie Stubblefield. You know, all the fanfare about, you know, him and his embellished stats. And then quickly, oh, it's dead, and now he's back. Cole, what are your thoughts? Are you as pumped with me that it looks like Reggie's figuring it out? Uh, what do you think about Sincere Mason? Uh, what do you think about the defensive back backfield now that, you know, I think you got nine really solid guys that can contribute – uh, only one down from the desired 10 that this coaching staff wants. Yeah, I think it makes me feel a lot better. I think our depth got exposed last year, especially in the D-back room. Um, and I think Stubby is going to be turn out to be a great story. Um, he's going to be on the cover of ESPN and how he came back from not being able to transfer in to becoming first-round draft pick. Man, could you imagine if if that's how this story ends, Stubby on the front page of ESPN? I would. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw this out there. If if Reggie Stubblefield ends up on the front front page of ESPN for any reason, then I am going to. I'm not gonna get a tattoo, but I might like get a Reggie Stubblefield jersey. So uh, I like where your head's at. We'll go to Chris and then Nick. Uh, we got these defensive backs in their FCS transfers. Um, do, do you wish that we would have found uh, guys with a better pedigree, or do you think that, hey, this will be just what the doctor ordered, giving us some depth to allow us to rotate as much as the coaching staff wants? I think the main thing is is that we just we found some guys to come to K-State, um, and it doesn't really matter that they came from FCS schools. I mean, there are, there are dudes that play at the FCS level. I mean, if you've watched the NFL draft the last several years, there's guys that are coming from all different levels. I mean, even Division Two. I think Washburn had a guy a couple years ago that I get it. So the actual division isn't – that that doesn't matter. As long as they can play – if you can play, you can play. That's all that matters. Um, but, no, I'm, I'm excited. I'm glad we were able to get fill some spots in the uh, secondary and defensive backs, and I think that will definitely add some depth because we do rotate a lot of guys there. So – um, it, it's good. All right, I'm, I'm going to he- head it over to Nick. Nick, I'm going to switch it up a little bit on you. I think now we are up to four defensive back transfers on this roster that we're expecting to, uh, you know, compete for spots for the K-State Wildcats. Does that number scare you, it being that high? Or do you think, hey, this is the new age of college football and you're all on board with it? Um, I'm on all board with it. I mean – Especially after last year, how we got exposed, I think we need some different people to step up when one's not having a good game. Uh, if they can play good minutes, it's like Chris said, 
doesn't matter where they're from, NAIA, D2, D3, it doesn't matter. As long as you can ball and the coaches see that, you know, you got D1 talent, I'm all for it. All right, I'm going to go up to Grant, and then I'm going to get my guy Mike, my favorite Instagram account in the world, in this. Grant, uh, we, we, got two, we got two more defensive backs. You and I have been talking about how we like those starters. We wanted to see some depth. They've gone out and got two more depth guys. I mean, hell, Stubby might be a starter at Nickelback. Um, what, what were your thoughts when this news all started to trickle in? It's great news. I mean, secondary depth has been a major concern, and these two additions plug those necessary holes. Uh, definitely alleviates a lot of those depth concerns. And now that secondary is looking like a really healthy, strong unit. I mean, at least from my perspective, especially that one line, um, I feel I feel quite good about it. And I love that Sincere has two years of eligibility. Um, I think it's all it's all really good news. Yeah, we might be seeing sincere start next year. We're gonna get down to Mike, and Mike, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna get the intro question to you as well, and then we'll touch on these transfers just real quick. Favorite ice cream flavor, ice cream treat in the summer, and then what's your go to like summer song to jam out to while, while you're driving? Uh, yeah, thanks. Uh, sorry, I was late. Had trouble finding the group on the app update, but um. Favorite ice cream treat during the summer. This is kind of a West Coast San Francisco thing, but uh, it's it. I don't know if you all are familiar with it's it's, but uh, they're quite the treat. A uh, little chocolate covered graham cracker with ice cream in the middle. Oh, that sounds uh, good. It's it's solid. Um, favorite song to jam out to. You know, I'm a big 311 fan, so uh, probably some. Uh, you know, anything 311, probably off the Transistor album. I'm going to go ahead and say, like, uh, Rub-A-Dub, that's the song. Yeah, no, I, I love it. I love it. And then uh, transfer defensive backs, uh, we'll, we'll kind of go with this this theme. Is four too many in an offseason? Uh, are you worried about where they're coming from? Or are you just happy that, hey, you got two starters and then two depth pieces with Stubby maybe starting at Nickelback? Uh, I'm, I'm sort of on the, the same bandwagon here with everybody. I love it. Like, you know, the way everybody's been playing, uh, especially with last year, all the injuries that we were sustaining. Um, I, I feel like you just can't have too many, uh, in that section, especially. And, um, you know, I think we might sort of see the same issues this year that we did with, that we are seeing with major league baseball. Because, you know, they only pay, played, what, 60, 65 games last year. So there's a bunch of injuries happening in baseball. I feel like we may see that in college football. So always better to have more. Yep, I love it. And then one thing I'm going to do right around, we're going to roundtable. Give me one sentence to encompass uh, the Reggie Stubblefield saga before he even – he might not even be on campus yet, but just give me – uh, one sentence of what you think about the Reggie Stubblefield saga uh, this far into his crazy K State career. I'm going to go with Grant, then Cole, then Chris, then Nick, then Mike, then Bennett. It's a saga that Spielberg himself couldn't have written better, and there may be more twists and turns yet. I love it. Cole. A great story that marks the beginning of. Kansas State's uh, Big 12 champion and national champion. I love it. I love that you're a stubby believer. Chris? It's been a roller coaster, and I'm uh, excited to see how it – 
Love it. Nick. I'm excited, but if you can talk the talk, you better That's true. Honestly, Stubblefield, if he has like one bad game, the guy is gonna be crucified on the internet. So I, I hope I hope he's an all American. Mike. I'm gonna go ahead and pull straight from his own Twitter feed. Tell them boys they better <laughs> I love it. All right, and then Bennett. Uh, maybe just hopefully it's a happy ever after all. Um, I don't know. I'm kind of nervous, but I think it'll work out. I think it's going to be highly entertaining. I love it. So we're going to jump now to the next transfer transfer portal story. Uh, Ryan in the chat had a good one. I'm just going to straight up read his comment. We'll go around and then we'll talk a little bit more on it. He says, am I the only one who forgot Mosey was on the roster? His wasn't a name I heard talked about when discussing the deep young running back roster. So uh, we'll, we'll just use that comment as a jumping off point. We're going to reverse it up. We're going to go to Bennett. Uh, Keon Mosey, you know, in the transfer portal just dropped here a few hours ago. So uh, was he a name that you had kind of forgotten when talking about the running back room? Or is this a guy that you're disappointing you thought uh, we were going to see some things from? Definitely um, slid off my radar, um, but I liked what he contributed, and I think having depth in that position is important. Um, I'm kind of nervous now with only three with experience. All right, we'll, we'll go to Mike. Mike, uh, did you have Keon Mosey on your radar, or is this kind of a, hey, it happens, uh, you know, it's just the cost of doing business? Uh, he was not on my radar. I'm going to be honest there, but I do always hate to see a guy leave, uh, especially one that, you know, is sort of in the local recruiting area. Mm-hmm. Um, you hate to see that. I always wonder what the reasons are, you know, you never usually get a full picture of it, but you know, whatever, uh, induce. We- yeah. So technically I think with the COVID rules and, uh, you know, the opt-outs and all that type of stuff. I think technically before he left, we had seven running backs on the roster with the addition of DJ Giddens from uh, John or from Junction City and, uh, oh, what, uh, Weathers. D- I think Dion Weathers from Webb City, Missouri. And then every single other running back, returning running back, technically is still a freshman. So I understand uh, – I understand, but I, I, I think it, I'm, I'm upset about it. We'll, we'll go to Nick. Nick, what did you have earmarked for Keon Mosey this year? Do you think he was never going to be more than a gadget guy, or did you have him slotted for maybe like five, six touches? Yeah, I think five, six touches. I mean, he kind of slipped underneath my radar. Um, I mean, my focus was Deuce and Joe, but, yeah, he kind of slipped underneath and kind of forgot about him. All right, we'll go to Chris. Chris, what were your hopes and dreams for Mr. Keon Mosey? And are you disappointed, or is this, hey, this is just the cost of doing business in 2021? Yeah, I think it's just the cost of doing business in 2021. Um, Yeah, when I heard the news, I just thought back to the Oklahoma game where he had um, that touchdown catch and broke one for a touchdown. But really, other than that, I think that was pretty much it that he – was able to get in and touch the ball this year. Um, so there, there definitely was potential. Um, but at the same time, you kind of, it's kind of a loaded uh, running back room. You have uh, 
Deuce, you have Joe Irvin, you have Jacardia Wright, if he can get his stuff figured out, plus the incoming guys. So uh, you can see it's going to be – he probably wants to go to a place where he gets more of a role and touch the ball more. And I think at K-State, uh, that was probably going to be tough to have a big role for him. So hopefully he finds a place where uh, he can – Nope, I hear you. Well, uh, uh, is it Cole, Cole? I think you're up next. Um, Cole, what, what, what are your thoughts when it comes to Keon? Um, and I'm going to throw this again. I, I love Ryan's head. And uh, truth be told, Ryan and I have all sorts of conversations in the Twitter DMs. He, he's a brilliant guy. Um, do you think that maybe it was a lost opportunity of maybe trying to flex him out and be a wide receiver and kind of give some more playmakers to that room? Or do you think it was, hey, running back or bust, and if he wasn't going to get the touches he needed, it's probably good for him to leave? Yeah, you know, I'm not really sure. It probably really depends on the individual player. You know, maybe he's got his mindset on being a running back, and he saw that he was going to be behind a few guys for the entirety of his career. Um, but, you know, I'm – I'm disappointed just because I liked him and I thought he had some pretty good highlights. Uh, but it definitely doesn't worry me. Um, you know, I, I think sometimes people overreact about people transferring. But you always have to keep in mind that this player is transferring for a reason. And the reason they're transferring is probably not because they're worried about getting too many reps. No, I, I think that's a good point of view. Grant, um, Keon Mosey, I think, in one of our shows, I think last offseason, this was before Brian Smoller got in my ear and started telling me how uh, special Deuce was going to be. I think, I think it was me. I think it was me, not you. But one of us was very high on Keon Mosey and said he might be the next guy. I can't remember which one it was. Where's your heart at when you saw that news? And you're a busy guy. Did you even see that news before you hopped on? Yeah, I did. Um I think both of both you and I were pretty high on the potential of Mosey. I think it's disappointing, obviously, because he has tangibles that we lack, speed and explosiveness. And he was a guy that, in my opinion, definitely had potential at some point to be a playmaker for us. Um, but with that said, I mean, all of last year he had 11 total touches in 10 games. And if he isn't willing to, you know, put in the time and work to become an integral, you know, part of the program and he wants to leave, then he can leave. It's It's hard for me to miss players that do that. You know, true freshmen getting meaningful minutes at this level is not super common. Players like Deuce Vaughn are are rare. Deuce is special. You know, I mean, you can look at our program history. Guys like Terrence Newman, who is a legend, it took him three to four years to become that guy. Um, and you can look at this this team um, immediately. Um, Echo Boydo, you know, he put in the time, and now he's an integral part of the team. Um, and the thing about Mosey is he was at, he was not pushed out. Uh, this kind of puts the writing on the wall for me as kind of where he stands in the running back room, you know, behind or competing directly with like eight guys, Deuce, Irvin, Wright, Price, Giddens, Weathers. So if he wasn't up to the task, then so be it. Next man up, I guess. It's kind of how All I right. see it. I'm going to throw this out here, and this can be for anyone who wants to chime in. I have – a and I, I believe in Deuce – but here, here's my stance when it comes to the running back room, and I think where K-State fans might be getting a little out over their skis. So whoever wants to respond to this, just chime in after I'm done. If you look at the running back room, Deuce Vaughn, he is an elite weapon. But a lot of where 
he gets his yardage and what makes him special is what he can do in the passing game, what he can do out in space. And then if you look beyond Deuce, what do you have? You have two guys, Joe Irvin and Jarkadia Wright, who both showed some brief flashes in a four-game true freshman redshirt year. And then you had Jarkadia Wright, Jay Wright, in the doghouse all last year. And Joe Irvin stepped away from football for a year. Then after that, look at what you're doing. It's Clyde Price, who he is yet to see a meaningful snap. And then you have DJ Giddens, who was an electric athlete at Junction City, but he was a blue shirt recruit. We brought him in late. He didn't even have some official announcement. He didn't have a graphic, any of that, just to get through all these recruiting rules. It was either K-State or he might have ended up at like Washburn or in Port. I don't know where he was going to end up. And then you have Weathers, who, again, elite at a very low classification in Missouri. And up until a few months ago, he was being slotted as either a safety or a linebacker. They just kind of came around to him playing offense. So, let I mean, what what where am I wrong? Like I, I have a worry, and I don't think Keon Mosey fixes any of this. I'm not I'm I'm not saying that him being around fixes this, but it's kind of a deeper question about the running back room. Am I wrong? Are K State fans overvaluing the running back room just because Deuce Vaughn was that elite last year? Or you know, I don't know. So, so someone tell me to step off the ledge a little bit. Uh. I think I don't think you're wrong. Uh, you're not wrong because it does have you know outside of Deuce, who is very versatile and has walked the walk. Um, it does have a lot. Basically, everyone there that has has something to prove, um, which makes me honestly feel like even less worried about Keon Mosey leaving. But that's another uh, that's another subject. But yeah, I mean, definitely. I think the running back room is a bigger question mark than people are willing to admit. I just think that people get excited about it because it's, it's a, a large running back room with guys that seemingly have a lot of potential and that's about it. But it does look like there's some explosive players in there behind deuce. They're just going to have to hit the ground running and there's no guarantee for that. So it could be a slow start for the running backs. You're not wrong. Yeah, and, and I'm just going to throw one more running back take out there, and then uh, we'll do a roundtable about all these guys. But I actually think that the outside of Deuce, the guy who is going to have the best K-State career currently in that running back room is that Weathers kid from Webb City, Missouri. Um, so what I'm going to do, uh, I'm, we're, we're going to go around. So outside of Deuce, of the guys in the running back room, who do you think will have the second best career at K-State? We'll start with Grant, and then we'll go Cole, Chris, Nick, Mike, and Bennett. And then anyone in the chat, because we have a handful of people who are not up on stage, give me your pick in the chat. So, Grant, who do you think will be the second best running back amongst this, you know, freshman class of seven? Oof. I'm going to go with who I hope, and that's Jacardier Wright. Um, I just love his size. And his potential, um, if he can find a way to stay consistent, get himself, you know, keep himself out of the doghouse and, you know, wrap his head around the offensive schemes and what he needs to be doing. I'm going to say Jakarta Wright has very high potential and he's going to have a good. 
Okay, then we're going to go to Cole. You can't say Stubby is going to also play running back and have a Heisman year going both ways. So give me another one of those running backs. Um, you know what? I'll bend the rules a little bit. Um, I'll say second best running back is going to be Jacksonine. We're going to see him get the ball out of the backfield and just run some people over. Um, probably not the best prediction, but it's really what I would like. Cole, I sometimes think you come in here and you're just trying to suck up to me, uh, but I, I love that. I want to see Jax get the ball like three, four times a game. I love it. Um, we'll go to Chris. Chris, out of that running back room, uh, who do you think is going to have the second best career behind Deuce? I would, I'll, I'll kind of agree with uh, Grant. My hope is that it's Jacardier Wright because I think he's just a big physical back and he kind of broke out against Iowa State. Um, before last year, so not this last year, but the year before when we played at home. Um, but I think it's going to be Joe Irvin. Okay. All right. All right. All right. And then uh, we'll go Nick. Nick, who, who's who's your pick for best running back outside of Deuce? I, I think it's going to be Joe. I mean, he took a year off last year, and I think he mentally uh, – is... but I think Joe's going to have a big year. I, I think I think that's going to be the most popular pick amongst K State fans. Mike, who do you got? Uh, I don't know if this kid, you know, maybe he just sees the practice squad. I don't know, but I'm looking at C- Clyde Price. He's he looks like a bruiser, man. He's six zero, six foot, two fourteen. I want to see him uh, come out and start pounding some people in the ground, take the weight off a of deuce. You know what? If if he turns it around and, and and becomes the guy, he's going to make a lot of people eat uh, some crow because I th- I think I'm amongst the people who have started to write him off. But the guys won a bunch of those like weekly off season awards this past year. Again, I'm I'm in need to see it to believe it when it comes to Clyde C J Price. But that would be massive if he could. Um, and then we're going to wrap up. We'll wrap up with Bennett. I'm going to have to agree with Mike here. Um, I've been eyeing Clyde Price, and I think he might be a sneaky contender to maybe not this year, but have a pretty good career. I like it. I, I like where your guys' heads are at. All right, so we're going to go away from that, and uh, if anyone wants to get any other running back or transfer portal takes in, we can do that at the end. What I want to do is take some time to talk about something that dominated Twitter for a good portion of the day yesterday and some message board talks. And honestly, it ties back into uh, something that I ranted about in this most recent uh, full show. Um, And that is the perception of K-State athletics, because this came from an ESPN plus article, which I'm sure they'll try to revoke, you know, my membership for reading this verbatim from behind a payroll, paywall. Wow, I'm stumbling over my words. I probably have heat stroke right now. But the quote, quote was, and it was from a basketball recruiting uh, you know, article that assistant coaches were giving anonymous quotes, and it said, I don't think they really have a brand or anything to hang their hat on unless you're a basketball aficionado. It's a solid program. They've had success over the years, but nobody knows that. It's in Manhattan, not a great place, but the fan base is pretty good. Bramlage is awesome. It's perfectly set up. So that is from an anonymous Big 12 coach. 
and it really got to something I was ranting about, about how I believe K-State athletics, and this goes across both sports, does a very poor job telling the history, telling the story of K-State athletics. And I think Grant pointed this out, and I think Derek Young pointed this out as well. I think that they have tried, and I think they've made some movement on actually selling Manhattan the town. But again, obviously, they have such a long way to go before this misconception about Manhattan, especially compared to some of these other Big 12 cities, can be erased from the lexicon. I'm going to start with Grant because, Grant, you you fought the good fight on Twitter for a while against one of our own kind of dumb fans. Um, just give me your point of view. You weren't on with me last Monday, um, so you didn't get a chance to really speak on it to the extent I did. But when you see articles like this, when you see, uh, you know, all the history of K-State football about how maybe even K-State fans undervalue how good we've been at different stretches – how do you receive all this information? What, what, what do you just want to scream out from the mountaintops? I would love to know who that coach was, by the way, because across the big 12, outside of the top, it's probably team, Curtis every, Townsend. Cause he's a fucking in every once in a while, uh, a run from another team like Baylor or tech, you know, Baylor happened to just win the national championship. And that's not lost on me. And they had a good run a few years ago with Art Bryles. And, you know, TCU pops up every once in a while. Oklahoma State's decent. But, you know, across the Big 12, the actual Big 12's history, there's not a lot of, like, super successful teams uh, outside of K-State. I think in football, I don't know if this is the case anymore, but a couple of years ago, statistically, we were the third most winning team in football in the conference behind Oklahoma and I want to say Texas. We might have even been ahead of Texas. Um, I think, man, and yes, yesterday, I think it was yesterday, addressing the Manhattan bullshit, um, who, you say, one of our dumb fans, who's actually one of our biggest detractors, this guy's a total dipshit, and he's like mentally ill. Anytime our name comes up, he has a fucking mental breakdown, but uh saying i can't remember what he said but it was something about how like this staff is uh downplaying manhattan which is so far from the truth it's absolutely the exact opposite but um you know in the last couple of years i think it's been pretty obvious that the media team has been let loose particularly in football they've always been good in basketball you know as far as i can remember especially in the bruce weber years but you know this coincides pretty much exactly when uh, Chris Kleiman coming in as the hire. Um, the media team has been second to none. They've they've been trying desperately to create a brand. And haven't they won like back-to-back media awards or some shit as the best media team? I, I don't know how much you can uh, blame that aspect and say that we aren't actually trying. I think in, in terms of football, building a brand, in, 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 in any sport, building a brand, winning is what builds a brand. Um, you can do all the other shit behind that, but if you're not winning games, then it doesn't really matter. People aren't going to pay attention to you. You're not going to be on the big stage, and it's not going to matter. You're not going to be seen. Um, so I think we've been a little bit unlucky. Chris Kleiman came in. We went 8-5 and five in his first year, and I think you know he hit the ground running. I was really happy about this staff, and then 
we were hit by COVID and everything kind of went to shit and everything kind of went backwards. And we know where the basketball program has been the last two years and that needs to be fixed in its own right. But um, football, I, I think it's very important, obviously, to Chris Kleiman. He knows the importance of building a brand. He's been trying to do it since day one. So I don't know. Um, I have faith that these guys are have their head in the right in the right spot and that they're trying everything that they can to make that happen. But ultimately we just have to win games again. We have to build our program back up from the bottom and get ourselves in those big November games, get ourselves in those big bowl games, get ourselves knocking on the playoff door, winning big 12 championships. That's how you build a brand. And it's going to take time to do that. But yeah, whoever that coach that said that is a fucking dumbass because I mean, the big 12 as a whole, you can, it's not cherry picking to say that K-State like has legitimate success. You summed it up pretty well the other day in saying that like when we do reach those heights and, you know, obviously there's a difference between 2011, 2012 and our first, you know, the decade of dominance. That's, I agree with you. That's probably never going to happen again. But when we reach those heights, we are knocking on the door and we are, you know, kind of shoulder to shoulder with the best in the country. And a lot of teams in this conference cannot say that themselves. So um, that's my two cents. Anybody else can add what they feel. Yeah, I thought it was trash. Uh, just that whole article. Um, honestly, I think, you know, Manhattan's a great place. I think Kansas State Athletics is uh, turning, um, especially after hiring Chris Kleiman. And um, I think Bruce is going to do some great things. But, yeah, just it was stupid that he wrote that. Um yeah, that's my two cents. I mean, I think this has been an issue, and I, I forget what Slapdick fucking wrote it some some years ago. That Who was it that said Manhattan was the hardest place to recruit? Like Lon Kruger himself. <laughs> yeah, right? So he, like, that's bullshit, right? Like, it's a narrative that was set, and, you know, everybody has been running with it as some story for the – past 20 years and i think it's just not true but it's a nice media story to yeah so well here sorry go ahead yeah so i i was gonna say so here here's here's my kind of point of view when it comes to the manhattan thing because i think this is something that is easy more easily changed than the idea of oh k-state football isn't on the same level as some of these quote unquote peer institutions. And I think it's even easier to change the perception of K-State basketball's spot in the college basketball world because Manhattan consistently wins these top college town type awards. It consistently is like alumni love it. Anyone who visits, no one comes to Manhattan and says anything bad about it. You know, the whole adage is, oh, it's tough to get to the middle of nowhere. They have direct flights. I think it is so much easier to get around that. But then you have detractors in the own K-State media who continue to downplay Kansas as a state and downplay Manhattan as a city. And I just think it's wild that there are so many people inside of the whole K-State world who continue to talk down on the state, talk down on the city. And again, 
if random podcast person, random radio show, and random behind the paywall former magazine bankrupt person started saying Manhattan's the best all the time, that doesn't immediately fix it. But when they go on national radio shows and someone asks, why is it hard to recruit to Manhattan? If, if they get on there and say, actually, it's not. It's this weird narrative that's been around because of a disgruntled old basketball coach and then an old guy who stopped trying to recruit. I think it could slowly start getting combated. And again, I you can't fix that overnight. But I almost feel like that is easier to fix than, you know, proving to everyone, hey, we're a better football program than Arkansas. Iowa hasn't achieved what we have. I, I just think that is an easier thing to get over. And all it would take is some buy-in from people who are going on national radio shows and, you know, retweeting these great social media videos and getting kids on campus. I just don't think it is that hard. And there are some people who refuse to accept that Manhattan and Kansas is a great place to be. I don't know. I I'm getting worked up because I've heard a handful of things over this week that have really just almost made me drive off the road mad <laughs> talking bad about Manhattan. I love Manhattan. And I love Kansas. I just, I just, I'm so tired of it. Yeah. The reality is, I mean, the reality is that Manhattan is a tougher place to recruit because of where it is geographically located, but that is becoming less and less of a problem with an airport that you can fly directly into it's so it's it is true but it is also a tired bullshit ass narrative um but it's, it's like no, people like, bitching about oh there's no good music scene or oh there's not enough yeah. fun things to do in manhattan that is so stupid have you been to ames iowa have you been to lubbock texas yeah have you I been mean, to waco like it's objectively better than those places it's better than Stillwater. it's like those places are dog shit and it if anything it's on par with them I don't believe that. I think it is better. I am biased, but it's you, definitely better. Like, still and you have people like inside the own K-State le- uh, lexicon not agreeing with that. And that is just – and then they go on national radio and, per- and continue to say that. That – it just drives me wild, and that's how narratives like this get built. Hey, not to, not to go off script here, but – No, you're fine. Do you guys ever uh, see the list of some of the schools that some of these recruits are considering – K-State being one of them, and then like these nobodies up there with us and wonder what the hell. Like, like I know we're totally biased, but like our team is literally in a totally different league than some of these other schools that recruits are considering. Yeah, so that and that gets to the point that the history in re- the history is there for K-State football when it comes to what we are the current kids were recruiting none of these i mean some of most of these all these kids were born after 2000 like it, it, it's wild all these kids are like two th- after 9 11 so k-state has the history the entire time they're there we had the somewhat recent success in the last 10 years and again it's a matter of you know I, and again, I don't know if it's the athletic department who needs to do this. I don't know if it's the coaching staff who needs to do this. But the branding and the big dick energy, basically, swinging around saying, Arkansas can't fucking touch what our football t- team has accomplished. The, our facilities are on par with it. And, like, okay, you really think they're going to make noise in the SEC? They literally have it in your entire life. You can say the same thing about Iowa. You can say the same thing about Nebraska. 
You can say the same thing about Oklahoma State. I just don't get it. I don't know what the fix is. But it has to start somewhere. Honestly, yeah. I mean, you're right. I think that the one of the sticks that all of those aforementioned schools can beat us with is uh, NFL, probably NFL, um, getting guys to the NFL. You know, Iowa's pretty good at it. Nebraska's pretty good at it. Um, we haven't had that success. We've, you know, we had our streak, but we've, we've beat that, we beat that horse to death and what we all think about that. But, um, other than that, I think you're totally right. And we do need to maybe pull our dick out a little bit more and show, show the people what we have, because there's always just been this like, woe is, woe is me attitude with K-State and like happy to be here type of, uh, type of attitude that that needs to change and and I hell you and I sat next to Chris Kleiman and I don't think that he has that attitude no I'll tell you I, that much. I, I think he can turn it around but again you know it was what 2000 it, it was what 2018 we were still showing on the video board the greatest turnaround exists and waxing poetically about 89 yeah like I get it it was a great turnaround but we have real success we can celebrate now and not just be like, hey, we used to be the yeah. worst. We now we're okay. We completed the turnaround. Let's let's go forward now. And okay. again, I, I'm just as much of a perpetrator before because I've come on this very show and said, hey, look at what Iowa's been able to do. This is why they recruit better. And, oh, Nebraska has this brand and stuff. But we can't continue to make these excuses to K-State fans we need to urge on our football team and our university to start being being the university and athletic department that we are. We have that big dick energy because guess what? We have more to go off of than any of these other schools. I mean, okay, they have more fun uniforms. But, hell, give them the freaking all whites with the cat scripts and have a little sex appeal. Play with some swagger. It, it, it shouldn't be this tough. Well, it's time for all of us to – Fire up the propaganda machine and, and change this narrative, I say. Yeah, I'm, I'm putting Cole in charge of the propaganda. So this is what I'm going to do. Um, we're we're going to do a quick roundtable when it comes to this type of stuff. What is something you would like to see K-State uh, athletics, K-State football, K-State fans? What is something that you want to see, uh, you know, our own propaganda machine? What do you want to see them start to champion and really start making an effort in – uh, marketing, branding, any of that type of stuff. What is something you want to see? We're going to start with Cole. Cole, what do you want to see? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I'd like to start off, this is a little bit off topic, but this week I did have a dream that we rolled out in some ice white uniforms, first away game. Um, so I don't know. They say dreams come true sometimes. So That's at Oklahoma that State. Happen. Cole, are you going to go down to Stillwater? I mean, I might. I don't know. Stillwater kind of sucks, though. So it does. Really it know. does fucking suck. But um, I guess in terms of representing our K-State, I really think it really comes down to um, just representing what K-State is and what Manhattan is. I really feel um, over my four and a half years at K-State that the university and the athletic department really tried – to not be known as like a party school or a school that has a, a great bar district or even like trying to get away from like the ag narrative. Well, I should, I think we should be leaning into those things, like being known as a school that has 
a crazy student body that loves a party, a fun place to come visit, go to the Ville, drink way too many drinks for 25 cents. Um, and also, I would just love to see, especially on a football field, a player step up with some real swagger. I can't really remember the last time we had a player with real swagger on the field, you know, bad. I think TJ Smith might be that guy. I hope I hope he's that guy. We're going to go to Chris. Chris, what would you like to see, whether it's from the school, the athletic department, the football team, the basketball team, the fans? What would you like to see us really start to perpetuate? Um, I think kind of just the city itself. I think one of the things that makes Manhattan unique is it's it's not really a uh, – it's not a big city, but it has a very small – it's not a small town either, but it has a small town feel to it where um, if you're, like, the dude on campus, like – everyone's going to see you. Um, and like, if you're the star, like you're going to be, you're going to be it in town and um, really kind of pump up the places that make Manhattan great. Like all the, the restaurants, the local restaurants, um, you know, all of those types of things. So actually like the city itself, because yeah, I don't know where people get the bad rap that Manhattan sucks. It's, it's really good. It's a really good city. It's a lot cleaner and nicer than, like you guys said, some of the other Big 12 cities, like Stillwater, like you, like Stillwater, I've had fun in Stillwater, but it's kind of a dumpy place in certain areas, and the bars are trash and smoky, and I hate the smoking uh, aspect of the bars, but uh, I think Manhattan's a really cool town. Um, and then the last thing I'll say is I think it just takes one good season to have it turn around, uh, that perception because um, if you think back to our the 2012 year when we were number one, um, I remember reading an article somewhere where it says like uh, like the year, the school year after that season, um, student uh, attendance went up or the number of students from Kansas attending K State University went in, and you see a correlation between uh, in many different schools where a team has a good uh, season in football or basketball and then their student population goes up a little bit. So um, I think it, it just takes one good season to kind of change all that. And, but I would like to see just more pumping up Manhattan as a, the city itself and all the kind of things that make it unique. Scott, I think you're on mute, buddy. God damn it, I've done this a couple times. We'll go to Nick now. Yeah, so as far as, like, you know, athletic uh, department, just a brand, uh, market uh, market the brand and everything, I think a couple of things. I mean, basketball team has already done it. They've gone to the throwbacks of, you know, the script and the lavender, which is fucking awesome. But, you know, I think the football team, you know, I, I'm a really big fan of LSU and how they – wear white for their home games. I think that that might be a clean look every once in a while, um, as well as tap into the history. I know before, you know, 89, 90, and the, obviously Snyder, um, we really didn't have, obviously, a great team. But the throwback uniforms, you know, the the old Powercats, Sailor Willie, like you said, Scott, um, I think that's something that we need to tap into because all these college teams now, you can see across the nation, they're tapping into their throwback uniforms, and it's awesome, and it sucks at times. Like, well, here we are rolling out in purple and silver, and it, nothing wrong with that, though, but I think it would be, you know, just a change of, you know, pace, and the recruits are loving, you know, all the all white and stuff like that, and then um, I think it was like a couple of weeks ago, uh, you had your live show, and you were talking about if you had to change, 
you know, a day at, you know, on game day or tradition, whatever. And I think uh, Cole hit it, you know, um, agriculture day, you know, you know, I think that's something, you know, we need to tap into um, because we are, you know, the agriculture school of the state. And I think that's something we can incorporate. And then just, you know, since we're not tied to, you know, the school or the university, as far as money wise, we need to, you know, have like that big dick energy and uh, use our money and uh, brand ourselves uh, better. You did it again, Scott. Oh my gosh. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to stop muting myself. Third time. Just crack open a beer. And I, I have a beer open. I, I've been trying to mute it just because like, I don't want to <laughs> breathe into the mic, but it's not working out. But okay. When you say the history and, and I agree with you, like, Hey, we, we have, we had like one conference championship back in the forties or thirties or twenties. I don't even remember what it was, but K-State broke the color barrier in the big six for almost every single sport we need to go all in and tell the history of k-state football through groundbreaking and we had some all-americans we had some nfl studs we had some individual performers and some individual one-off seasons where magical stuff happened and again the average k-state fan doesn't know that hey harold robinson broke the color barrier or everything that burl schweitzer did is one of the third like the third i think african-american uh letterman at k-state uh all these rich histories of individual players uh that that isn't celebrated well enough and again the average k-state fan doesn't know that we had any history before 1989 how is anyone else supposed to and again i don't know if that tangibly changes uh you know, bringing in a four-star recruit. But I I think it starts to change the narrative around K-State football about how, yes, while there weren't a lot of successful seasons pre-Bill Snyder, there is some very real and important history before that. And I just think K-State needs to do a better job telling that story. And then back to that article, how it said only basketball aficionados know the K-State spot in basketball history. That is wild. because won the Big 12 two fucking years ago, three years ago. Text winner. Yes, exactly, exactly. Tex winner, you have all these great coaches, you have these Final Fours, you have 30 conference championships, you have All-Americans. And again, we don't even celebrate all of our All-Americans like we should. I I think that the the biggest thing K-State as an athletic department is missing on is properly celebrating our histories and our stories and our accomplishments and I think they get too lost up in the fact that, oh, we don't have a national title or, oh, we don't have this, we don't have that. But we have amazing stories that need to be told more often. I'll, I'll, I'll get off my soapbox because we still need to get some Mike and Bennett on this before we end the show with a wrap-up question. So, Mike, what would you like to see the university, the city of Manhattan, the athletic department, what would you like to see them do when it comes to uh, increasing or changing branding or marketing? So I'm going to build a little bit on what you were talking about with highlighting some of the past players, but I feel like we need to get some sort of ambassadorship program going with all of the like ex players that played in the, the NFL or the NBA. I know there, there aren't so many in the NBA as of recently, but you know, and, and get your, your noted alumni, like your Eric stone streets and have coordinated efforts of ambassadorship. I sort of feel like, Eric Stone Street, you know, every time he was doing interviews and stuff on TV, he'd promote K-State. He'd get his co-stars from Modern Family to wear K-State stuff, 
posted on Twitter. Um, you know, get a little program going and see if you can just get that brand out there more. So I think most people, you know, I'd say that most of these folks who don't know anything about the Midwest will see the power cat and be like, Oh yeah, that's Kansas. Right. And you know, you, you, you don't want that type of trash response. Um, but you know, get like, uh, Jordan Willis suspended six games by the 49ers, have him wear K state gear on the sideline for his first six game suspension. You know what I'm saying? Get that. I like it. And, and again, just random folks. You have like what Charles Melton. I think he's on a, Viral TV show, you have Sean Lowe, the former Bachelor. Get them to j- just send them some K-State gear. Ask them to wear them in an interview. I, I agree. I think exactly. that could be an untapped thing. We'll end with Bennett before we do a wrap-up question for this live Real show. Quick. First, Real yes, quick, you know what ahead. we need to do is just get Jesse Ertz, the dreamy man, to be the next Bachelor, and then he can take the he can take the. Oh, my gosh. All right. Everyone, right into ABC. We're going to make the Cisco kid, Jesse Ertz, the next Bachelor. On ESPN or on ABC, I love it. Grant isn't he is, married? No, I don't think he's married. <laughs> he's a player. He's not married. Oh, he's okay. a pimp. <laughs> At least I think so. Jesse, text me. Let me know if you have someone. Otherwise, we're yeah, gonna make it me, I, don't know. I don't know. Bennett, what what do you want to see before we do a wrap up question? Um, I liked everyone's points. Um, I really agree with Cole. I'm a current student, so I think um, the Aggieville side. Um, the other sides of Manhattan aren't really being shown. Um, I think that's partially because of President Myers, but we'll have a new guy or girl in soon, and maybe that will change. So um, I just think to highlight that part of it, because I do think the Manhattan, um, other like outside of athletics, people complain about Manhattan but have never been here. And so if we can highlight some things to do um, – that would change their mind. Definitely. All right. I will say this. I'm sure people are listening. I know changing perspective and changing reputation is not as easy as, you know, I try to make it out to be. But I, I just think that, you know, we things need to change because I'm tired of seeing articles like that. But it is National Mascot Day. So our wrap-up question is going to be two, actually three problems. What is one thing you like about Willie Wildcat? One thing you don't like about Willie Wildcat, and who is your all-time favorite mascot in any sport, any team, anything? We're going to start off with Grant, and we'll stay in that order. We'll go Grant, Cole, Chris, Nick, Mike, and then we're going to end with my guy, Bennett. Oh, shit. On the spot. Um, what I don't like about Willie is that he's some freakish human-cat hybrid Uh <laughs> That has a cat head. And, I almost and, like that. <laughs> I yeah, there's something kind of endearing about it. Actually, you know what? I changed my mind. I'm gonna say that I do like that, and then I say what I don't like is that he honestly, to me, doesn't really look like a cat. He kind of looks like a giant shark, um, which also kind of cool. But uh, coolest mascot? Shit. I didn't say coolest. I said favorite. favorite. Oh god, that's hard. Uh, Actually, Gunnersaurus. Gunnersaurus. Oh, I thought you meant in college football. Um, no, anything. Yeah, Gunnar Soros is great. Um, I hope he comes back, you know? I think there he is, is back. There is uh, – I saw a weird one, the fighting okra. Have you ever seen that one? Oh, yeah. That one's I've pretty cool. I've seen them all. I've um, seen them all. Yeah, I'll go with Gunnar Soros. That's a good, that's a good shot. 
Okay, we'll go Cole. Something you like about Willie, something you don't like, and favorite all-time mascot in these sport. Um, I'll say what I like about Willie. He's always in uniform, uh, clean pressed, always clean, no dirt stains <laughs> or anything. Um, what I don't like is I just think it's time for Willie to have a little bit of a makeover. You know, he hasn't really had much changes as long as I can remember, so maybe it's a little bit of a refresh on his look would be nice. And then my favorite mascot, I think it's uh, Western Kentucky University, the big red or whatever. I just remember playing with him in the NCAA football games, and it's just like a red blob. So that's my favorite mascot. That's a good I, – I like that one. That's a good one. We'll go to Chris. Um, I would say one thing I like about Willie, um, yeah, it, he's like jacked. He's always like buff. Although it is kind of weird. And I, like growing up, I never thought it was weird that it was a, like a human cat hybrid. I just thought that was normal <laughs> for some reason. I don't know why, but I was like, oh, that's like just normal. Um, and then also, yeah, for what I don't like about Willie, like the head, it kind of, it, it doesn't really look like a wildcat or a bobcat. It just, it doesn't look like a cat. Um, so I'll agree with you on that one, Grant, too. So um, then favorite mascot. The the Philadelphia Flyers uh, mascot. Oh, gritty, He's... gritty. <laughs> yeah, gritty. yeah the, I'll have to go with go with him. And then whoever runs his like Twitter account or uh, the social media for that is pretty good too. Yes. Some... That that is great. Good shout with gritty Nick. Yeah, uh, favorite thing I like that he's a student. Um, you have to have tryouts. Oh, kid in the background. Uh, that he's a student. Um, so it's within the college university. And uh, what I dislike, um, his head's too big, so when he, he can't actually do real push-ups. That's so true. Uh, so that kind of bugs me as a military person. But uh, my favorite mascot um, would probably have to be uh, Colorado, the buffalo. I love it when they run out of the tunnel with the real buffalo. And uh, th- those buffalo handlers are some real athletes. They definitely are, Mike. Uh, all right. So, you know, just – commenting on what a few people have said here i mean that the 1989 and i don't know yes. when it ended but the 1989 willie that thing was fucking scary crackhead uh, willie i dude. mean yeah he looked i mean he looked like he was made out of some like <laughs> discarded dog scraps or something i mean it was the weirdest thing but it probably looked more like a cat than anything um and i kind of wonder if willie is dis disregarded at, in those mascot contests because he's the human cat hybrid. Like all the mascots they put in that thing are fully dressed. Right. Um, so I would like to see a version of Willie fully dressed. I don't, I don't know if I, uh, I do have some nostalgia for the human cat hybrid and maybe wouldn't want to go away from that so much. Maybe give him some pause. I don't know. But one thing I really like about Willie is that he does the push ups. I don't think you ever get rid of that. And if you give him a full costume, that might make it a little more difficult. I don't know. Maybe he'd slip on the board. Who knows? Um, that doesn't really cover like like and dislike so much, but those are my comments. But in terms of a uh, mascot that I like, I really like uh, Stomper, the elephant from the Oakland A's. He looks like a fat old man, but, uh, you know, probably a lesser known uh, mascot out there with the uh, A's having an elephant. But I like it. 
I like it. And then we're going to wrap up with who I'm giving the MVP of the night to, my guy Bennett. Bennett, give me your mascot takes. Um, I like how involved Willie is. Um, I don't – I can't think off the top of my head of a mascot that's as involved as Willie in really any sport besides pros – or there's a few sports, but um, – uh, my what I don't like is I wish he did look a little more scary. I know he has a big head with big teeth, but he looks like he's smiling at me. So wish he was a little scarier. And then I'm gonna stick in Philadelphia with my favorite mascot. Um, I like Gritty. He'd be my favorite, but I'll go Fanatic. I think he's a pretty um, funny mascot too. Yes, he, he's pr- he's probably one of the most well known. Uh, but that's all we have today. It, w- it was another one. It's the first one ever under the new branded Spotify green room. I think it's open to Android folks um, now. So I, I, I think I think we need to get all of our Android friends in here next week. I don't know what the topic's going to be. The the main show is going to be Dad Pod Four, but hopefully we get some breaking K State news we can talk about next week. But otherwise, uh, I'll see you guys here. I hope everyone has a great weekend. We love you guys. Grant, since you haven't logged off yet, hit us with hit us with your tagline. It's been a while since we've heard it straight from you. I'll do that. I hope everyone has a good Friday, good weekend. Meet me. Sports Social Podcast Network.